Hi, this is Justin Edinburgh, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So welcome to this week's NL Full-Time Podcast. It is the Easter weekend. We're at the business end of the season, and we're going to find out who's bouncing like an Easter bunny and who's feeling bloated by eating too many chocolate bunnies. Joining me to look through the action is Rob Worrell. Hello, Rob. Hi, Luke, and welcome to summer, everyone. Oh yeah, blazing hot outside. Uh, we'll get onto that in the conditions shortly. Chris can't be with us this week. He did go, we did send him off to Charlie versus Stockport yesterday, so you can hear from him later on in the podcast about his little day out there at Victory Park. And joining us, as always as well, it is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Hello, Luke. Nice to speak to you again. We'll go back to Good Friday, and it was a good Friday for some and not for others. However, for the top three, it was an excellent Friday. And again, Rob, really topsy-turvy, late goals again late in Orient they had a mad 90 seconds where Harrogate could have equalised it was cleared off the line brilliantly by Josh Coulson after Coulson had put late in Orient ahead earlier in the game before Matt Harold went up the other end and got the second goal just as Matt Harold was scoring Matt Green got the winner for Salford in a dramatic game where they were 2-0 up at Boreham Wood they got pegged back to 2-2 and then Green scored that winner and Solihull Moors won comfortably at Bromley which means looking ahead as well Rob to Easter Monday it sets it up beautifully for Solihull Moors versus Leighton Orient, which is live on BT Sport. Yeah, it's amazing. Just touching on those games in the early part of the weekend. Yet again, those boys at the back for Salford and for Orient coming up trumps when it matters. Absolute shoo-ins for the National League team of the season. Carl Piergiani at Salford is closing in on double figures for the season. And Josh Coulson again, you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man Those in, in the case of those two absolute rocks at the back and scoring goals at the other end as well key goals it sets everything up beautifully live TV game Bank Holiday Monday Solly Hull against Orient and as much character as Orient have shown in recent weeks that's going to be the biggest test and it's set up brilliantly for Solly Hull Moors who've hung in there and hung in there all season and I think that's the sort of game they'll love the fact that everybody is now saying, well, Orient, they're in control, they're going to do it. But if Solihull Moors win that game, it puts them level on points with Orient going into the final game of the season. And it could, of course, do Salford the massive favour because the whole of the top four play each other. But if Salford can come out on top against Files and Solihull Moors win that game against Orient, then Salford will be in control of things going into the final Saturday next weekend. Yeah, Salford can win, win against Fylde then Graham Alexander, but he'll be praying for a draw in that Solihull Lake Norrington game, won't he? Definitely, Luke, three ways and not four now. I know Rex are mathematically still in it, but the point is, even if they win their last two games, they're not going to get above all three of those sides that are still very much in the title race. So uh, Rex will have to fix their sights firmly on the playoffs, as will file, of course, as well. There's certainties for that now. Um, Harrogate, a little bit below them, are, are, are not in the greatest form. They picked the wrong time of the season to, to have a bad run, but they should stumble their way still to a playoff spot. And below that, wow, Eastleigh got themselves in pole position recently, Luke, but slipped up at home to Dagenham on Good Friday. Dagenham really showing some good form in time for next season. But Ebsley, they couldn't take full advantage. They played already relegated Haven, found themselves 3-0 down at the break and a rollicking by all accounts from Gary Hill. They came out and scored three goals in 12 minutes in the second half 
to get themselves a point. But can you imagine what that last half an hour must have been like, boys? And uh, still an opportunity missed, really, for Ebsley, having got back to three all, having got the momentum. If they had got just one more goal and won the game, they'd be a point behind Eastley going into the final two games. But that gap is three points for them. It's four points for Gateshead, um, who did scrape themselves a good win against Chesterfield. Um, I wouldn't mind betting the teams placed uh, in the top seven at the minute are the ones that are going to finish that. Absolutely, though, could have not only have a big say in the playoff title race, they could potentially have a, a say in the, the relegation issue because it's come out this week that they're looking to maybe go down into not only the, the National League South but maybe even further into the Bostick Premier because of all the, the financial uncertainty which of course we don't want to happen but that could offer a lifeline as you kind of alluded to last week Rob for having an, an older shot who play each other on Easter Monday Yeah absolutely um, I have to say that story was on the website non-league today I'm told since that that is accessible by fans uh, Alex Nery mentions in his column in the non-league paper very point really and to be careful what you read and what you believe at this stage of the season however those things if they happen or not and we, we obviously wish they don't happen for those clubs involved Ebsley, Gateshead perhaps another team that's not even been mentioned yet but uh, for all the shot and for having yes they've had to uh, get their own heads around liking relegation but uh, that is set up rather nicely for Bank Holiday Monday when Aldershot play at home to Haven. And Aldershot, remember, haven't won at home this calendar year. Aldershot are desperate. Gary Waddock's desperate. Finished with a home win, which would go, which, which, which frankly would be some scant consolation for the fans who deserve a lot better. But it would give them uh, advantage in terms of finishing above Haven towards the uh, the final week of fixtures. Yeah, the big game for Wrexham. They'll be looking to follow up their win against Sutton United on Good Friday. The rumour to be taking over a thousand to Halifax on Easter Monday because if they win that game and file don't win at Salford, they cement fourth place more or less. Wrexham. Yeah, fantastic. They've still got plenty to aim for. As I said, them and file they're definitely going to be in the playoffs. Those two teams. But where are they going to finish? Wrexham. Well, they remind me of Arsenal of the 1980s. I just don't know. Another team that's won so many games 1-0. But credit to them. Sutton are not the easiest of opposition to play. They'll be very flat themselves at the moment. Um, you know, missing out on the playoffs. I think most of us thought they'd be there or thereabouts. And they haven't. And obviously, and, uh, obviously not the greatest ends of the season to Sutton. For them or for their manager, Paul Doswell, who's taking uh, a break for health reasons at the moment. In terms of all the shots as well, they, they played Dover. And it was a, a celebration for Dover. But not quite so for all the shot. Dover, as we mentioned last week, stayed up with a brilliant win at Barrow and uh, you went down to the Crabble on Good Friday didn't you Rob? I did, I went down to the Crabble, um, in many senses it was kind of a nothing match, it could have been massive you know just a couple of weeks ago it was designated the Aldershot Town Fans Tour of Duty where they make that extra special effort, they were incredibly colourful and noisy for a team that's just been relegated And uh, but yet again sadly the team didn't deliver either a performance or a goal or any point after looking for long periods like they might. Yet again, they had a couple of key chances at nil-nil, which they didn't take. After that, really, the story was uh, Jake Cole, wonder show in the space of 10 minutes with three brilliant saves. The return from long spells out with injury of Lewis Kinsella and Nick Arnold after 20 months. They were the only highs for Aldershot on another low day. Um, 
And for a player who used to play at Aldershot but uh, transitioned over to uh, Dover at just the right time, I caught up after the game with uh, Dover's Bobby Joe Taylor. I'm joined by Dover's Bobby Joe Taylor. Bobby, you switched one relegation fight for another one and you chose the right side, fella. How are you feeling, first of all, about uh, about Dover uh, securing safety over the last couple of games? Seven match unbeaten run and you played your part in it. Yeah, obviously I'm delighted um, for everyone involved in the football club because when we come in we was pretty much written off with seven points after I think it was 15, maybe 18 games. Um, so obviously credit to the staff that come in that brought me in as well and um, to everyone that bought into it and uh, we knew that it was going to be tough but everyone dug in deep and yeah, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster year for me. Moving down here once the gaffer come in but obviously like you say it's the right one and obviously I'm over the moon with that and and obviously um, saddened for, for Aldershot at such a big club to go down and be yeah. previously being at the club myself. Aldershot elected not to change the manager. I won't ask for your opinion on that, but uh, Dover made a bold decision uh, to say goodbye to Chris Kinnear after an awful lot of years in charge and, and they brought in Hessenthaler and, and, and he's got the job done. And uh, from a personal point of view, he seems to believe in you as well, playing week in, week out, and that must make a big difference for you. Yeah, to be honest, just going on what you said a week before that, I mean, you didn't want me to comment on it. I, I, I believe that, that Gary Woodock's a great manager and mm. I played underneath him and for me, he's, he's up there with one of the best I've played under without a shadow of a doubt. And... Yeah, you know, I, he's done a great job for the club and everyone's forgetting about the two previous seasons. That obviously, we, they made the playoffs, so, um, and this football is a, is a cool game and unfortunately, things haven't gone right. So, no, I, I think it was right to stick with him because if there was anyone going to get him out, out of the trouble, it would have been Woodock. So, um, yeah, obviously, my hat's up to him. In terms of my, my gaffer, obviously, coming in, um, uh, yeah, I have to thank um, the gaffer. Obviously, he's put his faith in me. He um, speaks to me before the game, talks to me, um, knows it, thinks he can get more from me. It's, it's been great obviously to come down and, and play for a, for a manager that obviously believes in me and that so um, I'm really I'm really I'm really glad that um, I made the switch down and um, we're all delighted obviously that we're now going to be in the, in the National League sorry, next year mm. and uh, you played in a few <coughs> positions haven't you? you just told me off air you've been playing left back a little bit today you were you were centre midfield and whilst uh, that you know playing different positions isn't always the best thing for a footballer being named in that one to eleven week in week out is. Yeah, that's that's the key thing. Obviously, just as the more minutes you can get, the you know the game time, the little the consistency. Obviously, you can get. Um, I think today I played four positions. I went uh, started centre mid, left mid to start the second half, then right wing, and then finished up at left back. So, but I don't mind. At the end of the day, obviously, I just want to play football, and if, if that means I've got playing in, in a number of positions and be versatile, then so be it. And I'm happy to do that, just as long as I can can keep playing, try and get some consistency, and take this into next season. Great stuff. Thanks for joining us, Bobby Joe Taylor. Thank you. That was Bobby Joe Taylor and. Uh, Robbie was it's kind of justified his decision now in a way it seemed a bit of a strange one at the time but he's been proven correct yeah I don't really think with respect to Bobby that it was about which team had the greater chance of uh, finishing higher I think it was for him he's just desperate to to be involved and to play each week and uh, he wasn't getting that game time at Aldershot he did have a couple of injuries earlier on in the season he wasn't getting the pitch time and uh, he went to Dover took a chance Hessenthaler believes in him to the point that he's played him in a number of different positions, as Bobby said, uh, and he's enjoying his football again. Although uh, it wasn't lost on him, he was quite sad that all shot down and gone down. Final word on the National League Premier Division. Uh, we mentioned that game on Bank Holiday Monday, all shot down against Havant and Waterlooville. Luke, you're always telling me, go for this player, go for that player, go for that manager. And I always said, let's wait and see how the game evolves. But... Uh, 
I am going to make a beeline for Alfie Rutherford if I can on Monday. What a wonderful story, that young lad coming in. And uh, two more goals on, on Good Friday. 16 now for the season in a side that's been relegated. So uh, I should try and catch up with Alfie Rutherford for the podcast on Monday. So we're going to look at the National League South now. Hi, I'm Harry Wheeler and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League South, another really up and down day for some teams in that division. The standout result was Eastbourne Borough 6, Dartford 0. It leaves Eastbourne four points clear of the relegation zone with two games left to play. I mean, it's not all done and dusted down there for them, but it gives them a massive hope whilst denting Dartford's playoff hopes. And I don't think anyone saw that coming, did they? No, not at all. Uh, Unquestionably the team of the day in the National League South Eastbourne Borough. And well done, Charlie Walker. Uh, an outstanding hat-trick for him and really the wrong result at the wrong time for Dartford. They've been teetering on the edge of the playoffs and uh, now they, they're going to they're going to need two wins and results to go their way if they're going to climb back into them. But uh, focusing on that battle at the bottom, uh, the big game, the massive game of the day was Truro, who slipped up again at home to Gloucester and they're in big, big trouble now. So Western Supermares relegation was sadly confirmed on Good Friday and it looks pretty much like East Thurrock will go down as well and it's probably between two sides Truro City and Hungerford uh, for for survival and avoiding that third and final place for the drop Hungerford got themselves a decent point against playoff chasing Bath City on Good Friday and after the game our very own Tom Lang caught up with the Hungerford manager, Ian Herring. I'm here with Ian Herring, manager of Hungerford Town, after they've just fought to a a difficult 0-0 draw against Bath City. Ian, you've got to look at that as a point gained rather than two lost on a day when East Thurrock lost and you're up out of the relegation zone. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we play today. There's teams playing tomorrow, so we've put pressure on them. The performance I'm really pleased with on a whole against against a good, a very good Bath City. I think over the last three times we played them, including last last season, they've been the best team that, that I've seen at this level. Um, so really pleased with a point today, and even more so after our last two performances, Slough and Dulwich, when when we've kind of been out of the game at half time. Um, so that was pleasing. They had a lot of a lot of posse- a lot of possession, a lot of the play. Um, we've def- we've been very resilient. And um, we, we've made made the two best chances in the game, and Ryan Clark's pulled off two unbelievable saves. Yeah, those two chances, um, the, f- the free kick in the first half, and then that uh, that lob towards the end of the game. Um, as you say, Ryan Clark, two brilliant saves. There's a reason Bath City have the best defence in the league this season, um, and you just just couldn't quite break them down today. Has that been a problem a lot this season? And would Danilo also Dodoma have made a difference? Do you think? Uh, possibly could have. Um, I've, cha- I've changed it for a reason today. Um, that's day in my dressing room. Um, but yeah, Ryan Clark, I um, I love that boy to bits. Uh, um, I know him very well. I spent two years with him at Salisbury, and you can see in my eyes he should still be playing in the football league. So unfortunately, he's probably got the better of us today on that on that front. But no credit credit to him, credit to Bath City because they are they are a very very good defensive outfit but on the flip side of that they're very good at going forward and the, the way they play I don't I don't think we've struggled breaking teams down it's more so when we do get in the areas we create a lot of opportunities but decision making quality in the final third etc I think I think that's our downfall I suppose um, but yeah something we can improve on um, we had Scott da- uh, Scott Davies on the show earlier in the season and he said that of the teams down the bottom of the league 
Hungerford were his tip to be, be the best chance to survive. Um, three months ago, you looked at him buried. You're currently sixth in the form table across the whole division over the last 10 games. Where has that extra resilience come from to pull yourselves into contention? The group, the, we can't, um, we can't, it's nice to hear people are saying things like that about our group. We can't forget how young our group are and how new they are. Um, we've had, we only had two players stay from last season. So we built a team on scratch and off from scratch really and they're getting better and better and better and improving week by week, not only individually but collectively and they're starting to get to know each other. Hopefully now there's things happening um, off the pitch where the club will be okay and I can try and keep as many of this group um, together as I can. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I believe, I'm a firm believer in, um, in teams reflect their managers. I believe that's where that resilience has come from because me personally, anyone that knows me, I won't give up on anything. Torquay coming up, they've just lost today, um, they're champions. Do you think there's a possibility they could take the eye off the ball and are you going to be targeting that for three points? Yeah, of course. Um, before today, I said to said to all of our lads that I believe we can get three wins out of three. Why shouldn't we? The amount we've been improving and, like you say, six in the form table. And believe it or not, better pitches actually suit my group of players. And, um, yeah, so why not target three points if we, if, we, if we get three points and there's one team below us that we're playing on Saturday, on the last game of the season that won't be able to catch us? Um, so, yeah, who knows? I'm, if they've lost today, I'm sure um, Gary Johnson won't be happy and I'm sure he'll be wanting a reaction. They're getting presented the trophy so um, so it's up to us to try and upset that. That was Hungerford Town Manager Ian Herring and a massive game for them down at Torquay. Torquay are getting a trophy as he says and, he, and Hungerford want to go there and, and, and party poop a little bit and it'll be a really interesting game that Rob won't it? Yeah I mean uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's their primary objective to party poop. They, they just want to ensure their own survival. What a passionate man uh, Ian Herring is and uh, Big fan of the podcast too. Thanks, Ian, for listening every week and uh, good luck to you on uh, Bank Holiday Monday. As Rob mentioned, Hungerford were playing Bath City. Uh, a good point for Bath away at Hungerford. And after the game, Tom caught up with the Bath City captain, Anthony Straker. I'm with Bath City captain, Anthony Straker, after a hard-fought 0-0 draw away at Hungerford Town. Anthony, you need the points to solidify the playoff positions. Is this a point gain today or two dropped? Nah, for us, it's a point gained. Any points put to the table is a gain. You just got to, like I said, we've got two more left for the season. There's still points there to play for and keep us solidify ourselves in there. I've spoken to a few managers this season, Gary Johnson, now Ian Herring. They've both said that Bar City are the toughest side they've played against this season. What would words like that from opposition managers mean if you don't uh, secure the promotion that you're after this season? I would say that is, that's a, not a good compliment, you could say, but. At the moment, it's still too early to say we won't get in there, and I think we're just staying positive. I don't see us not getting in there, but you know, football can be a cruel game sometimes, but we've still got points to play for, and I think we'll be in there. Absolutely. Um, on a personal note, eight goals in the league, I believe, this season? Seven. Seven. You're the top scoring defender in the league. Um, is that something that you set out as a target this season, or has it just sort of happened? No, it kind of happened. We had a little spell of uh, penalties where we'd missed a few, and I could say put myself forward with a bit of a nomination from the assistant manager. I think I've missed one out of the seven that I've had, so I can't really complain. <laughs> and like I said, there's still a couple more games left, and if we're in the playoffs, any that come, I'm happy to have them. And um, of course, your first job in the team as captain and uh, left back or centre back or wherever across the back line you're playing yeah. um, is stopping the goals. Bath have got the best defensive record in the division this season. How important to that is Ryan Clark? 
yeah, Clark, to be fair, his organisation with us in front of him, and I think with him behind you, kind of as a back four, you have a bit of security, and you know you can go and shut things down. If you might miss it, you know you've still got a, you might say, safe set of hands behind you. And to be fair, the whole back four, no matter who's playing, every player four or three or five, I think we've all got that confidence in each other to keep a clean sheet and help each other out if you do come across and make a mistake. Well, that's really been borne out this season, as I say, the best defensive record in the league. Um, I put together the National League South team of the season for the podcast and three of your back four or five are in it. Um, two crucial saves from Ryan Clark today. Um, do you think the draw is a fair result at the end? Yeah, they had a game plan. They, For them, maybe I, I might be wrong, was to frustrate us. And to be fair to them, you could say they have done it in a way, but then like I keep saying the way football goes and we will always keep plugging away trying to find the answers today was one of them games we you could say they did cancel us out and at the end of the day every, both teams got a point one that they're most probably enjoying one that we will as well Good stuff. Thanks very much. And that was Anthony Straken, a player you know well, Rob, and he's excelled this season at the heart of that defence. And as he said, he's chipped in with uh, with seven goals as well, and uh, a master penalty taker now. <laughs> yeah, you never would have thought that. Uh, I saw a couple of key games where all the had penalties. He never took one at the time, and uh, I think Anthony won't mind me saying that, that that he didn't score as many as seven goals in this entire time. At all the shot. What I do remember for such a sweet left-footed player is that his first three goals for all the shot were all with his right foot. One of them was a beauty, actually. Um, but no, he's a very experienced player now, a good leader as well. And uh, uh, Bath City have really benefited from that uh, this season. They're very much part of that uh, playoff uh, picture, as are uh, Welling, Chelmsford. But they played each other on uh, the weekend and. Uh, Welling came out on top in that one. Bradley Goldberg getting both goals. So the jostling for position goes on and uh, Welling look favourites now to finish third behind Torquay and Woking, who incidentally both somehow conjured up to lose at the weekend. I think as far as Torquay are concerned, that's totally forgivable. They'll have had a week of partying, I'm sure. But all credit to Chippenham, who have really proved a a few people wrong this season, including one or two pundits on this podcast who who predicted they might go down. So credit to Chippenham. And also credit to Concord, who are really coming into form at the right time and got themselves a great 2-1 win at Woking. On, uh, on on the weekend. Yeah, and of course they won the game in hand as well in midweek. We heard we t- we heard all about that last weekend about the the sort of my the they had with it with Truro. Anyway, they went down to Truro midweek and won that. And despite them having three points deducted for an ineligible player earlier in the season, they are now in that last playoff spot. Uh, a team as we, as we're just going back to Bath briefly. I mean, we've heard Gary Johnson talk. He say that uh, Bath are the best team they've played. Ian Herring said it as well. Yet they're not safe in the playoffs. They're only a point clear of St Albans, who are in eighth and looking to get into that playoff place. Yeah, there's still a bit to be done there, isn't there? And Villaricky as well. Luke, they they've just pulled off a couple of wins when they really needed to, didn't they? To get themselves back into a playoff position. I think the last couple of games are going to be pivotal there, though, and, and, and there's a couple of sides in the playoffs not yet certain of making them, and one or two breathing down their necks that will be desperate to uh, take advantage of any slips. A lot of issues could be decided uh, after Easter Monday. So now we're going to look at the National League North. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Adam Summerton. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League North, there is only one place to start. It was the top of the table clash between Charlie and Stockport County. And as I mentioned earlier, we sent Chris Pratt up to Richard Park for a little day out. And he caught up and gave us a flavour of the game itself. I'm here with Alex Birch, head of media here at, at Chorley. Alex, what a game this is. You must have been inundated with requests today. Just a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been a busy week. But it's been exciting in the build-up. Um, obviously, it's a massive game. And one that we're all really, really excited about, the club. And obviously, the weather massively helps make people feel upbeat and what have you. And yeah. Just looking forward to kick-off now. Yeah, it's a sellout. I'm sure you could have probably sold the ground about two or three times over maybe today. Yeah, we had a few, we've had a few requests since the tickets uh, were sold out from people saying that they really desperately wanted to be here and, you know, we just, we just had to tell them no, <laughs> honestly. Um, we've had a couple of big games recently, FA Cup games with Doncaster and Fleetwood that, you know, had similar sized crowds. But yeah, this is, this is big today. This is big. Well, it's so big, I've even got a new shirt on today, so there you go. What do you think is going to happen out there on the pitch then? Because obviously you know, win puts uh, either team in pole position, doesn't it, in the title race? It does, yeah. really, really, really does. I haven't thought about it much, actually, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, I don't know whether that's because I'm nervous about it or whether you just, I don't know, whether, it, whether because the title can't be decided today, it's just not another game, but I guess it could have been bigger, maybe. Yeah. Slightly bigger. I don't know. I think, obviously, we've got the best home record in the league. Stockport have got the best away record. Neither side concedes many goals. You know, both sides score a lot of goals. So, I mean, you could have it at 0-0, you could have it at 5-all. I don't know, anything. Anything could happen. So we'll see what happens at the end of the day. Let's just hope everything goes well on the pitch. It's a, well, it's well organised. The sun's out. It's going to be a good day, isn't it, Alex? It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. So I'm here with John Kieran. John, you've been, you've been doing the radio, Imagine FM, for, uh, for quite a long time now. Has there been a bigger game than this one in recent years? Yeah, look, there has, hasn't there, of course. I mean, I think when we played at Wembley, beat Rochdale. I think when we had the 0-0 against Carlisle when Jim was in charge, 2006, I think that was a huge occasion. But this has got all the hallmarks, Chris. This feels very similar, you know, that same sensation this morning, waking up and thinking, you know, this is a... This is a proper game, and, and the eyes of uh, a lot of the UK football world are watching this. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. It's been a yeah, it, it's an exciting occasion. And the sun's even come out for it today. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen down, out there on the pitch? Because you know, Charlie have got a reputation of being really tight, being really difficult to beat at, at home. How do you think both teams are going to approach it? I think you're right. What you say about Chorley is true, but then you look at results that they've had recently, particularly away from home, where they've been quite open, um, quite attacking, but quite open as well. So um, I'm intrigued to see how this one goes. I think they'll play as we know we'll play. They'll go with, with five across the back, as, as they have been doing for, for many years now, and it's a system that's worked well for them, has gotten into the playoffs pretty consistently. We'll go with a system we've always played, 4-2-3-1, but it wouldn't surprise me, speaking to the coaching staff this morning, it wouldn't surprise me to see us change and, and to, to match them up depending on where we are in the game because I think one of the reasons that games between these two teams have been tight in recent years has been that they've been cancelling each other out particularly in midfield I mean you say they've been tight but County won both games 3-0 at home this season do you think that has any any sort of uh, bearing on today's match? Um, a little bit, yeah, I think it does. I think in terms of Jim's team selection today, I think he's probably looked at those two fixtures and thought, how did we approach them? And, and 
and he's looked at the personnel as well that were involved in, and I think the team he's putting out today is pretty close actually to the team we played in both those fixtures so um, I think it does have a bearing I think psychologically it gives us an advantage but of course we're at Victory Park today which makes it a very different occasion it's a, it's a tight compact stadium the fans are right on top of you here uh, as you say it's a hot day it's you know at, at the moment it's it's starting to boil up nicely and it's, it's apparently forecast to be the hottest day of the year so far so I think the players have got to try and conserve a little bit of energy it's one of those games that the decisive moments Chris could well be the last 10 or 15 Cheers John enjoy the game Both teams are coming out now you can hear the roars from the Stockport County away fans to my right Chorley fans ahead of me on my left and the teams are lining up me 4-2-3-1 for Stockport County 3-5-2 for Chorley the sun's out it's an absolutely beautiful day and it's going to be some game here at Victory Park And Chorley have taken an early lead here at Victory Park. The referee impeded Jordan Keane. Chorley got up the other end of the pitch. They won a corner. Alex Newby put the corner in. And that man, Andy Teague, powered it into the bottom corner. It's 1-0 after 14 minutes. So it's half-time here at Victory Park. And it's, it's Chorley 1, Stockport County 0. Chorley went a goal up after 14 minutes when Andy Teague rose highest and nodded into the bottom corner. And since then, they've handled any threat that Stockport County have had to offer quite comfortably, really. Uh, Chorley, by far, the most physical team. It's difficult out there. It's really hot. Um, but at the moment, it's Jim Gannon who's scratching his head at half-time because he's got to work out a solution to the problem that Chorley are causing uh, Stockport County at the moment. So half-time, it's Chorley 1, Stockport County 0. And as you've just heard, Marcus Carver has put... Chorley two goals ahead it was a mistake on the far side by Ash Palmer he played it off Carver it bounced neatly into Carver's uh, path Carver bared down on goal and he volleyed hard right into the back of the net and now it's definitely up on Chorley and you can hear the roars at the full time whistle here at Victory Park because it's ended up Chorley 2 Stockport County 0 Andy Teague opened the scoring on 14 minutes. Marcus Carver again on 59 minutes. In fairness, the game could have hinged on a, a chance that Matty Warburton had straight after half-time when he spooned the ball over the goal with, an, with a goal at his mercy. That would have made it one all and possibly a different game. But as it is, it's Chorley fans who go home happier. They've gone two points clear with two to play here at Victory Park. I'm joined by uh, Andy Teague after scoring a goal and, and winning here at Victory Park. Andy, how does that feel? That was a massive game. Yeah, it was a great uh, atmosphere today. And, you know, they started well, to be fair to them. Um, and then we got that goal and I think we looked in control. I don't think Matt has had much to do in the in the in the goal, but um, it's a credit to the lads, especially in this heat, to work as hard as we did. Um, you know, it's a credit to everyone. I mean, did the heat make a difference? You didn't make many substitutes until the last 10 minutes. You guys were all right with that? Yeah, it's one of them. You know, you've got to manage it right. We've got to prepare right and think, you know, we've got plenty of fluids in us. Um, you know, got to breathe as when we could. And, you know, it's a credit to the lads that how hard they've worked. And it's a great win. That's what we needed. Now, you won the individual battles today, didn't you? You were strong. Certainly that first half, those first 20 or 30 minutes was a real statement. Yeah, it's a big thing. You know, they beat us twice this season, 3-0. And... Um, we had a point to prove, um, you know, we're chasing them for the league. So, like I said, the early goals, you know, settles a bit more and um, the crowd's it's quite in the crowd a bit and got our crowd going even more. So, it's not how we play today. We managed it well and it's just a great three points. Well, the goal was a typical Andy Teague goal, wasn't it? A corner, bang, bottom corner. Yeah, I said, I said to Jake before the game, if I, if I score in two games in a row, 
I was scoring the third game, so um, as soon as he scored, Jakes ran over and you know started shouting at me. But uh, you know, Mark just finished it off with a, with a great finish, and um, I think he could have been three or four in the end. So a tough game now. It's Benny Moore. Can you close it out? Can you finish top? That's what we're aiming to do. Like, if you don't get anything on Monday, this today means nothing. So we've got to prepare right. You know, eat right, recover right, and get ready for Monday. It's all about Monday now. Doesn't matter what's happened today. It's a great result, but it means nothing if we don't get something on Monday. I'm joined by the victorious manager at Victory Park, Jamie Vermiglio. Jamie, your game plan worked perfectly today, didn't it? The first half, you, I wouldn't say it was comfortable, but you won your battles, didn't you? Yeah, look, Stockport are a good side. They're up at the top of the, the, the league and they're there for a reason because they're strong, organised, efficient. They score goals, they don't concede many, but so are we, so are we. And we're at home and our home record speaks for itself. I think that's uh, 18 clean sheets for us. And again, game plan, yeah, we had a game plan. We've, we've played against them twice this season. They've scored six, we've scored none. So we needed to do something to turn it round. And I thought it just goes to show that how, you know how fine the margins are at any level of football. We got the first goal; they've got to come out at us. Second half, to be fair, they should have scored. I think it was just a bobble. So credit to the groundsman for putting that one there. Uh, but they could have easily been back in the game. It's a different, absolutely different story. But you know, we did. We I wouldn't even say we hung on. We were we were compact, and I felt like we were in control. But you know, it wasn't easy. As I've just said, Stockport are a good, good side. Very, very strong, very mobile team. And we need to be on our absolute best today to get anything from the game. And you know, luckily one or two things went our way and we were able to, to stay nice and strong and compact and keep the three points and a clean sheet, which is which is fanta- fantastic for us. They said it wasn't easy, but I bet your half-time talk was quite easy. Just carry on doing more of the same. Yeah, it was. You know, we didn't need to change anything tactically. Depending on how they came out, I was quite surprised that they came out and they matched us up in the second half don't really you noticed that but I think there was a change of shape they went to three at the back and I was pleased with that I mean any, any team that goes same system as us I think I feel really confident you know we've played the system now for a couple of seasons and I think we play it as well as anyone so uh, you know I was pleased when they went like that having said that they got in a couple of couple of times with a couple of half opportunities but, but I think we um you know, I don't. I've not spoken to um, to Jim yet, but I'm sure he'll uh, hold his hands up and say today, today we probably deserve those three points. You've got a tough couple of games coming up. Spennymore away and Bradford at home. They've got Curzon and uh, Nuneaton away. How do you approach um, the Spennymore game now? It's very simple, really. We need to go there and get something from the game. I mean, if you look at it mathematically, I don't know what the goal difference is now, but I think we're looking a little bit more positively. So you could, you could say we could go there and get a draw and come back here and win, but some football doesn't work like that, and we don't set up to go and get draws. We're going to go set up there, like Spennymore will be, to try and get a win. If we can get three points there, we can come back and then try and get another three points. But look, it's... I am not naive enough to think that this is it. This is plain sailing from now. It's absolutely not. You know, I fully expect Stockport to, to pick up six points, so I fully expect us to be at our absolute best and try and get something from the Spennymore game. And, and who knows? Who knows? We've been up there since since the start of the season. And that's an absolute credit to all the players. They've been fantastic. We've put ourselves in a good position. Um, you know, the picture just changes so quickly in, in league tables, even after one game. And you've seen that today, and you've seen it over the last few weeks. So we just need to remain focused, dust ourselves down, and and be absolutely engrossed about Benimore, just as we have. We've been absolutely bombarded with shape, organisation, tactics, how we're going to set up. We need to do the same. We need to uh, be absolutely obsessed with them, um, and that's what we're going to be. From now, the lads need to focus, regroup, and I'll be giving them bits of information about Benimore, ready to go again. And last one month from me, when we drove into the town today, you could tell something big was going on. The crowd in here was fantastic, over 3,500 here. How did that help you too? Massively. You know, we call ourselves a bit cheesy, but I'm, you know, I'm going to stand by it, the Magpie family. There really is 
real positivity about the place. I suppose it's easy to say that when you're up near the top of the table all season, but there's a real you know, a shift in uh, the feelings around this place at the moment. And I think, obviously, that's a lot to do with the lads on the pitch. They've played played well, but it's a lot to do with other factors as well. You know, the commercial side of it, getting more people in. We're doing loads of community stuff, getting the young youngsters in. I mean, you can see still on the pitch there's 20 or 30 kids playing football it's to do with a lot of things the groundsman and the pitch is, is a lot lot better than it than it has been so it's attracting a little bit more positivity about Chorley not being a, a roll your sleeves up dog and duck type of long ball team we're totally different to that and I think you can see today we can mix it but we can also play football and the fans helped they were so so positive there was a bit of a worry because Stockport come here with 1200 probably even more and you think are they going to drown us out but we absolutely nullified them from our stands as well right the way through so absolutely credit to our supporters and made, made up made up with everything today everything that could have gone well really did and everything that could have gone against us didn't really so it was a good day at the office so I'm just here watching uh, some kids play on the pitch here at Victory Park after after today's game Chorley 2 Stockport County nil. just had about sort of 15-20 minutes after the final whistle to, to think things over and uh, Chorley were brilliant today really good team they closed um, Stockport County down Matty Warburton had that chance just after half time when he when he skied his opportunity Carver Marcus Carver took his goal fantastically well Andy Teague scoring early um, it was very similar to County's performance against Blythe when um, Dan Maguire scored early as well so Chorley well deserved winners at the end of the day they've got tough games now coming up against Spennymore away and Bradford Park Avenue at home County have got Curzon Ashton at home and they've got Nuneaton away so let's see what happens there's still a long way to go so signing off now Sun's still shining. Chorley to Stockport County nil. So it was it was three points for Chorley and and Dickie. It was a it was a massive three points for Chorley. But then you look at their last two games and it's much harder on paper than Stockport County. As Jamie Vermiglio said, you'd expect Stockport County to win those two games. Funny things have happened, but Chorley. After a really tough game, have now got to go up to Spennymore and then play Bradford Park Avenue at home, who are battling for that playoff spot. They have, and I think that's probably what made that three points they got yesterday even more important. Um, and yeah, with with those two games that they got left, and when you compare that to Stockport's last two games, which you know we can't take anything for granted, but you'd expect them to pick up six points. That that two points could be absolutely critical. Even a draw up at Spennymore would be a good result for Charlie and they know what they need to do in that final game against Bradford, wouldn't they? They would and Charlie's goal difference is better than Stockport's at the moment. I think they've got a six goal um, they're, they're six goals better off when it comes to goal difference. So like you say, a, a draw in one of those two games uh, and a victory in the other if Stockport were to, to win both of theirs that would leave them level on points but it would still take a swing in goal difference from Stockport to take it off them you know stranger things have happened you, you mentioned last week about pressure I mean psychologically do you think this is a massive blow for Stockport I know the Blythe result was last week but then to say they followed that up now two back-to-back defeats yeah when you think of it in those terms I mean you know Stockport is still second in the league but at this stage to lose two games like that when I know particularly Jim Gallon last week wasn't trying to attribute it to pressure but you wonder if that does say something about you know the the, the, the pressure that people are feeling I know that we didn't want to make a, a huge amount of it particularly but there was a miss in that game yesterday from, from Matty Warburton when it was still 1-0 which would have put it at one each you, you can't put it down solely to that miss but that's the kind of thing that you know under pressure he wasn't able to put away 
uh, almost an empty net from three yards out and and that can be the difference in the end we'll wrap everything up for you on next week's podcast we'll find out what has happened who is champions who has gone down because in the relegation zone we are fc united but we don't know who if they are going to go down because the results the way it went on Good Friday, both Geisley and Ashton United lost. Uh, Geisley, they lost 2-0 at Abide Spartans, and Ashton United lost 3-0 at home to Chester, which meant FC United knew they still had a chance of staying up if they could go to Alverton and win on Easter Saturday. Now, I had a funny feeling in my water that they'd go there and win, and, and it turns out that's what they went and did, and it now puts them within four points of Geisley, and it's game on, although I will say FC's last game is away at Brackley, so tough ask for him, but... They've still given themselves a sniff, which a couple of weeks ago we didn't think they had. No, I think we perhaps thought it might be over by this point, but that was a huge win for them yesterday. You know, it's a, it's a real big game, that one between FCUM and Blythe tomorrow. Blythe are looking for the points to try and make a, a late run into the playoff places. FCUM know pretty much they've got to take three points tomorrow to still give themselves that chance going into the final day so that could be a real humdinger tomorrow yeah and a big thing for FC as well Rich is that they've only won one game at home all season they've got to break that sequence in their last home game of the season haven't they what what a time to do it that would be well it would that would really um, you know it would go against the form books but the form books do tend to go out of the window when you know people can see the prospect of relegation on the horizon if they don't pull something together and FC when have done that I mean it was a very looked a very uncharacteristic performance from Alfreton yesterday and, and all credits for FC United you know they've kept it going into the last two games when I don't think anybody really gave them any chance of doing that very long ago the playoff race is, is hotting up Blyde Spartans leapfrog leapfrogged Telford on Good Friday after we, after Alan Armstrong was saying last, last week um, when I interviewed him about a month ago he'd all but ruled out the playoffs but on Good Friday they, as I say they beat Geisley at home they leapfrogged into the playoff places which meant Telford had to get something at Hereford and they managed to get a draw at at Hereford, they were behind for a long time though, Rich, and it means that they do leapfrog Blythe, and it makes it interesting going into Eastern Monday, you say Blythe at FC United, and Telford, easy fixture on paper by the looks of it, they got Alfreton Town at home. Well, you would think so, Alfreton are winless in their last six, so uh, I suppose if Telford were going to be facing anybody, they'd, they'd welcome facing somebody in that kind of form, but like we say, you know... Alfreton their season they're not going up they're not going down maybe they'll come and play with a bit of freedom and and that can be a bit of a dangerous thing yeah Telford they didn't do enough to to, to get anything more than the point at Hereford Hereford got an early goal and they found them very difficult to break down once uh, once they got themselves in front Shane Sutton equalised for Telford with about half an hour to go and they attempted to sort of put Hereford under siege then but they, they they didn't quite do enough unfortunately but it keeps it really interesting and you know I, I had a quick look at the league this morning and worked out I think there's still with the exception of Nuneaton who sadly are already relegated and from between Southport and Hereford in 11th down to 18th those teams have all essentially got nothing really much to play for now but that still leaves 13 teams either involved in the title either in playoffs or either in relegation and with two games left to go you've got to say that's that's an exciting league for you do you think as well Dickie that I know Telford and Alfton both played on Saturday but do you think it's an advantage for some teams playing Good Friday rather than some who played on Saturday so for example Blythe played Good Friday FC United played on Saturday and yet FC United will have less recovery time it does seem odd that they didn't all play together I think the extra day off yes at this stage of the stage stage of the season could be beneficial I spoke to Gavin Carey the Telford manager and he was very keen to impress upon his players that with 
in less than 48 hours turnaround that they should stay out of the beer gardens on a nice sunny Easter, <laughs> Easter Sunday afternoon. I'm sure that they will. But, but yeah, that extra day, if you think about it in the context of a normal weekend, they could play on a Saturday. I know in Telford's case, they'd, they'd sometimes train on a Monday morning and then play again on the Tuesday. But to have less than 48 hours turnaround is, is asking a lot. But um, but you'd hope with what's at stake and with adrenaline flowing that, that they'll have enough to carry them through. Yeah, and we can't underestimate it, how hot it is as well. I mean, it must be so tough for the players. You've given, you've given so much on the Saturday in that heat and then you've got to go out on, on Monday and do it again in similar heat. It must be energy sapping. I would think so, yeah. And, and that was certainly a feature of the game I was at yesterday. I also went along to see um, Kidderminster and Lamington play on Friday afternoon. Um, played in similar warm conditions and, and you could almost tell there was a I think it's not just the fact that it was warm I think it's the fact that only a week or so ago it was it was really quite so cold at games I think <laughs> it's taken a few players a little bit by surprise and, and the, the, the pace of both games was decidedly less than I would have expected and there was drinks breaks given you know, by the referee in, in, in both of those games as well. So, yeah, it's it's energy sapping at a time in the season when, you know, energy may well be running low. But that's the test, I guess, that, you know, how well players rest, how well they recuperate and how well they focus themselves on the next game. And as you say, you went to Kidderminster on Good Friday. They lost at home to Leamington, which all but extinguished their playoff hopes. And... Yeah, quite a surprising result from what I believe from the game. Kidderminster started off really well, got the early goal, but then they just couldn't build on it, could they? No, they couldn't. Um, and, and it wasn't a result I was expecting. Certainly, well, as somebody who's a, a follower of Telford, clearly I was hoping that Leamington might be able to do Telford a favour, and they certainly did, but it, it, it didn't look as though that was going to happen early on. Kidderminster led after five minutes with Joe Ironside, really good finish. That looked to have set them up for the day, but then they got decidedly edgy in possession, started giving the ball away in really bad areas, and I think within the space of half an hour, found themselves 2-1 down. Crowd are getting on them a little bit at that. I think expectations are high at Kidderminster, and I spoke to Mark Yates, the manager afterwards, and spoke to him about those expectations and, and, and he agreed that you know they are a club who demand better almost. Um, it, it took until the last 20 minutes or so for Kidderminster to really rally um, but Leamington defended really really well and, and Rich caught up with the Leamington manager Paul Holleran after the game 2-1 win for Leamington today away at Kidderminster Harriers and I have a very happy Paul Holleran, Leamington manager with me um, Paul, uh, might have thought there was you know not so much to play for there but you've got Imagine you're quite proud of your boys after that one. Yeah, delighted. Obviously, poor start. Great goal from Ironside. Really pleased the way we responded. We probably knew that um, games mean different things. And obviously, Kitty have put quite an attacking side out today. Two up top, two, I could say two number 10s with Ed and um, Liam behind. So we knew that on the high line they'd be really difficult to deal with. But we also knew that if when we won the ball back, if we could put some distance on our counter-attack and our distance in passing to Ahmed and probably Jordan and to Colbert. We could break some lines quickly with the... Um, and that, that worked a treat first half. Really did. Really did. We, we looked a threat. Got some good areas. Because you forget, you come to Kidderminster areas and this is a team that took us apart earlier on this year. And we're 1-0 down again. So a great character. So and I think we fully deserved to be ahead at half-time. I think as the game went on, I think we, we, we tied a little bit and Kitty again gambled again and, and in the end it's a bit of a rear guard sort of action in the end but you know we've defended our box really well Kirk has pulled off a couple of good saves 
I think when you look back at it, I thought Kiddy Mister would be a little bit, dis- you know, from the attacking players, disappointed with the could have been certainly to get back in and get, get a draw or even nick a win at the end for different reasons. We, we've done all right today and, um, and and we've shown lots of spirit, lots of determination, good concentration. Because you, when you're playing, you spend a lot of time without the ball. That's the key thing, and being able to manage without the ball and then spring well. And we did that really well for periods in the game. So, now delighted, and like, like you said just at the start of the interview there, it's important that we try to keep the season ticking over. And you know, I'll just ask the boys for some good, honest performances and not the season patter out. And, um, you know, could we, you know, beat our highest points total could we finish as high as we can up the league and that's what we're trying to do we've got two games to go and it's that target still in place set a target of, of reaching 50 and I think that win today is taking you to that 50 so that, that's right yeah and yeah, I think our highest is about 52 so you know we've got a couple of games to go and the local derby on Monday which we're looking forward to as it happened we managed to get a few players off today and a little bit of a breather and we've mixed it up a little bit and we've still managed to get over the line so yeah so we, we, there's still six points to play for and um I'd like to finish strongly at home, obviously. It was great for the fans coming away, you know, because, you know, why games are tough in this league, especially for us. So it was always great to get results. And I think, obviously, listen, this is the last club, especially Mark Yates, the last club you'd want to dent, you know, the chances of playoffs or whatever because they're a great club and great good people. I know I've been around a long time, managed Owen, and, the, you know, it's a, this is... It's a great environment for young boys to come and play. They do everything properly. And you, you want them to do well, and they're just falling short year after year. But um, uh, but from our point of view, you know, for our, our club and our supporters to come here and get a result at Kidderminster, especially after the been taken apart early doors, is um, yeah a good day for us. And then safely in the National League North for another season. I guess the planning's probably started already. Yeah, was yeah, was bits and pieces. Yeah, I mean, it's I think players always enjoy. April and May, so you know, you've got to play along a bit. So we, we, are, we are trying, but uh, yeah, we do most of our business a bit lighter when we, we pick up the scraps. <laughs> you're doing very well, aren't you, Paul? Thanks very yeah, much for your time. And that was Paul Hollering. And as he said, if they can win these or get something out of these last two games, then they will have the best ever points tally in the National League North. And, and what a job he's done on probably one of the lowest budgets in the league to get them mid-table above the likes of Darlington, Hereford, who have much bigger resources and crowds. Uh, it's a fantastic achievement. Yes, it is. And, and yeah, you, you would surmise that the budget's one of the lowest. He, Paul mentioned the travelling as well in that interview. I think with being one of the most southerly teams in National League North, then a lot of away games aren't quite testing for them. So I think it's very important that their home form is good. And I think their home form generally has been pretty strong this season as well. Um, they suffered a blow when they lost Matt Stenson to Solly Hull earlier in the season, but Colby Bishop's come into the lineup and 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 performed terrifically well, really, really well. Leamington deserve all the credit in the world. They're an established team at this level now. I know I've suggested in the past that they probably revel, enjoy that underdogs tag. I don't really think they can be treated as, as un- underdogs in National League North now. I think this is their third season in it. And um, I think I said to Paul afterwards that nobody would expect him to be you know, anybody's favourites for relegation or anything next season, they've done remarkably well. 
Yeah, just a shout-out as well to Spennymore's Ryan Hawley. He got stuck in traffic on his way to York, arrived late, was put on the bench and, and came off the bench to score the winner at York City. And it's fair to say, talking of driving, he drove Steve Watson mad afterwards with uh, the way York defended. So, uh, well done to Spennymore. They stay in fourth position. You know, there's, there's still a lot of issues to be resolved, but um, there's so many permutations that to, to talk through them all would probably take the hour that, you know, we tend to give ourselves for the whole show. So. Well, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Nice to speak to you. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Cheers, boys. Have a good week. Nice one. See you later. Thanks. Cheers. And that is everything. Well, we'll wrap up what happens in the three divisions next week, where everybody's finished, who's gone down, who's staying up, who's in the playoffs, who's got to play a couple of extra games, and who is coming up from step three as well. So join us for that. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify, and then you'll get it loaded to your device every weekend. Until then, happy football watching, enjoy your Easter, and we shall see you next week.